We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Cal fans? We are back with a big game special Redux episode. This is the Bearcast. You are in the correct place. We are a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Andy, an axe retainer. Alongside me is Rob, also an axe retainer. What's happening? The axe stays home in its rightful place in the city of Berkeley amongst bears, which it must remain so we could use it to chop down some trees. Amongst friends, really. Amongst friends. It's really about the friends you made along the way. That's really all it's about. But superb. What a day. What a day. What a day. (laughs) (laughs) What a day. But before we get into the day... The scene, the vibes. Yes. We wanted to go to the day before. Friday. Friday. Statue reveal ceremony. Mm. For the 40th anniversary of the play. Yep. And then Rob, you did a good job of t- kind of talking about this last time and showing me like what the stadium, or sorry, what the statue was going to look like. But overall, would love to hear your play-by-play of... The unveiling. Well, I wasn't there at the unveiling, but I did watch like some of the videos that they posted and, and such. And Kevin Moan was there. Roxy Bernstein did the entire like MC the entire unveiling. Some members of the 82 team were also there. And then uh, Gary Tyrell was there. And just a, a festive time around this that entire right around that area, which is if you haven't been yet or haven't seen it. Uh, there's pictures you can find pictures all over, and they did a real. Andy and I will talk about how good of a job they did with the statue itself, but they it's right at the base of the staircase that leads up the stadium that's right next to I House. Um, at what gate is that? Gate two, I think, or gate four is the one that leads up to. So great spot. It makes sense because there's the huge like standing bear statue on the other side of Piedmont Ave. So perfect place to put it. I'm actually surprised that it took so long to put a statue of the play um, anywhere on campus. You would think that that would be one of the first things they did, you know, probably like the 25th anniversary or or something like that. But I'm glad they waited until now because, you know, with the stadium renovations that happened a few years back and just the location, 
perfect. You're going to see it every single time you walk by that stadium. And uh, the design of it was great because you have the Kevin Moen like jumping up into the air with the ball. There's a trombone right on the ground next to him. And then behind him is like a panoramic view and like a montage of like the scene behind him, um, which I thought was really, really well done. So kudos to everyone. I mean, I said this to was did I said say this to you? I think uh, or and I put it out on Twitter too. Like Gary Tyrell is probably the only Stanford fan person that I will ever respect because he is on the opposite end of like a meme joke for his entire life, right? But he's such a good sport about it. Such a good sport. Yeah, it's really a something that I think could be a life lesson for a lot of people in yep. turning towards things versus turning away from them. I mean, yep. so often with those type of things, he could have spent his life just running away from it. And I think on the E60 thing, Jeremy Shap talks about that, how he could have taken the Steve Barton approach. Yep. And so many people do. And there wasn't, to be fair, that's a tough one-to-one comparison for <laughs> Steve Barton in the sense like he, you really... Gary Terrell didn't really do anything to ultimately impact the outcome of the game. Yeah. Whereas the Barton play did. Yeah. Barton was more like the moment before the end or like the moment before the end of the game versus Tyrell being the moment after the end of the game. Yes, exactly. So I, but yeah, I mean to be at the ceremony wearing red as much as it, you know, made me want to vomit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The, it was it was really great. It was really great, and it's we're better off for having him be involved. And then I loved the thing at the end of the E60 segment, which everybody should watch, by the way. <laughs> the John Elway declined to comment and declined yeah. to be interviewed for this segment. Just kind of show. I mean, that's the difference right there. Yeah, you kind of turn your back on something like this and. And it just lets us say what we want. We yep. can't say anything. Bes- or we we can say whatever we want about Elway, but then we can't really say anything besides positive things about Gary Tyrell because he's turned towards it. He's he's been unafraid to make it and to own it. Yeah, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, I mean, like a part of me is like I get I get John Elway not wanting to comment just because of his competitive nature probably. And it just hurt. It still hurts considering that was like, you know, his last year and that, that last game, you know, knowing the circumstances around that after watching the E60 thing about, you know, bowl eligibility. And I didn't know like that, you know, the amount of the number of bowls com- like compared to what it is now was so few that it was prestigious to, to get to a bowl game. Uh, so yeah, all of that, it was just, I get that part. I get the competitive part, but it's like, dude, it's been 40 years. <laughs> it's been so long. Like He's won yeah. Super Bowls as yeah. both a front office member and as a player. Like, like yeah. just chill, bro. Can't you just have a little chill. fun with it? Yes. Have a little fun with it, like Gary Tyrell. Is. So, yeah, I don't know if Gary Tyrell will ever listen to this, but tip of the cap to that man. Absolutely tip of the cap. He was walking around the field for the entire game, too, um, which was really cool. But yeah, that was Friday. And then, of course, the bonfire rally happened on Friday night as well. I saw some of the pictures that Avi posted and some of the uh, videos. And man, it was awesome. Um, It was really cool. They finally brought like the fires back. Like it's still not a bonfire per se. It's like fire installations. But at least 
there is somewhat of that like burning wood aspect of it that has returned. And then, you know, there, the lines were for the Greek theater were out the door <laughs> trying to get in. So unfortunately, I wasn't able there to make it because of, there was a men's basketball game scheduled at the exact same time. No, nope, don't do it, Rob. We're not talking about it. We're skipping it. We're skipping it. But I'm just saying that's why I don't have any personal experience of the bonfire rally this year, just because doors open for the bonfire rally at six. Men's basketball started at six. So unfortunate. But what can you do? We're not talking about the basketball program today. <laughs> but that was Friday. So that's Friday. That's Great Friday. ceremony. Yeah. Kevin Moe's there. A bunch of old uh, ex-players are there. Yeah. Well, awesome we have, speeches. We do have to add one thing about Friday. We got the unfortunate news that Dwight Garner, the running back on the play, who has one of the best lines in that E60 documentary where they're asking him, because he's the guy who Stanford fans believe his knee was down. And uh, they ask him and he kind of has that like Magic Johnson, you know, I'm not going to be here on Monday type of smirk of like, no, was my, knee, was my knee down? No, <laughs> no. But yeah, it's uh, unfortunately passed away after uh, a battle with cancer. And uh, so if you needed more motivation for the guys to come out and, and win this game with so many of the members of the 82 team at the game too, it just... Um, they want everyone wanted to pay their respects, and actually, that was one of the nice parts about uh, just the, the game and as a whole. Because there were there was a lot of I'm getting ahead of myself, but there was a lot of moments of thankfulness um, and just moments of looking back. Because not only uh, Dwight Garner's passing was a big thing, but the shootings that happened at um at uva and also idaho like you saw if you didn't if you didn't know like coach soto um who coached at uva i think he played at uva too he was wearing um uva sweaters or he was wearing a uva sweater um i think a, there was a handful of college coaches that actually wore uva stuff as they were coaching their their respective games um on saturday so it was really cool to see that and you know the the moment of silence and and all of that and just how unified college football can make in its community as like fans of college football and players and coaches and support staff. So just a lot of those moments, just like just just the fragility of life, like the, the like being in the moment of here in this like stadium, this game that we love so much, and then also just the sheer amount of fans that were in the stadium. So yeah. yeah. We just needed to give a little bit of moment just because there were some more, you know, heavy hearted topics on hand um, over the course of the last like 72 hours ish. So You could feel you could feel the specialness that was I really wanted to get the get the win for Dwight Garner. Yeah. I just really felt that. And yeah. we'll cover that here in a second. But that's a great call out. And I think as we transition here. So we can kind of come into Saturday. Yeah, it is game day. Yeah, all of the hype is 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 here, <laughs> and I want to tell a little bit of a story <laughs> that happened to me on my way. So Rob always tells me to get to the games, the tailgates at some ungodly early hour, which I never do. And 
this one, I think I said on the podcast that I was going to be there two and a half hours beforehand. Yep. Which I didn't quite leave on time to make that, but I didn't <laughs> leave horribly late, which was great. So there was improvement there. And the big one, so the big, so I, 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 I'm getting everything ready to go. I'm like, okay, picking out the jersey. I got my Mackay Polk, which I always call it my Mackay Polk, not my Vic Warden. Uh, then I grab like my sweatshirt. I'm wearing my polo to look more professional. I have everything. I, I got, I get in the car. So I throw my bag into the passenger seat, pull out, hop on 580 and I'm on 580. And as I'm driving on the right side, kind of, you know, queuing up the cow fight song, which is what I always do. I have actually an Ohio State Cal playlist from 2013. Is that and right? When they were here. When they were here? Or when, no, when, when we, we were. So maybe it was 2012. 2012? Yeah, yeah. We 20... went there first. Yeah. So I have it from then. I fire up the Cal fight song. It's the first song on that playlist. I look over to my left. And when I look over to my left, I see a police escort with five tremendous charter buses, white charter buses. And immediately I am like, I know what this is. I've been on, I've been on these before. <laughs> and I I call I call you yes. to say you'll never believe, you know, who I'm next to right now. Yeah. And I look over to my left and just see a bunch of players. So then I, I was able to really confirm, okay, this is definitely the Stanford football team. And they are so I tell Rob this, who gets a lot of joy out of this fact. And then what I didn't tell Rob is afterwards, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what should I do? Yeah. I'm wearing my polo, but it's just a block C. No one's yeah. going to know that I'm a Cal fan right. if I have the block C. So then I was like, okay, well, I have my bag in the passenger seat. Let me open my up my bag and see if I can pull out my sweatshirt Yeah. or the jersey. I was trying to think, sweatshirt or jersey? At first, <laughs> I was like, I am going to hang it outside of the outside of the window. Oh, good God. <laughs> and then, well, I was it? I mean, I should go back. Your advice was to sabotage the entire operation and risk getting pulled over and missing my vacation <laughs> to prevent Stanford from showing up for the game, which might not have been a good thing, but that was Rob's advice. We did so then, say we'd pay your bail. Yes, that is true. <laughs> my my backup plan was then I pulled out my sweatshirt, which is the Under Armour cursive Cal California yep. script. Yep. And I have a, a motorcycle cop directly in the lane left of me. No one can go in it. And then it's me. Yeah. And then the bus is on the left side of the motorcycle cop. Right. So I take the sweatshirt and I plaster it up against the window yeah. so that it spells out California. <laughs> and I just cruise alongside the, yeah. the bus for as long as I possibly could before they had to go and switch out. They like basically ended up the police, the motorcycle came over and cut us all off and stopped traffic so that they can merge onto 13. Yeah, yeah, get off, yeah. But I promised myself that some Stanford player was just gazing out, you know, what are you doing? Staring out to the right, being like, oh, this is an interesting drive. And then just sees this little blue CX-5 right along with this big, like, California. (laughs) (laughs) I was really happy with myself, but I don't know. uh, We'll never know. We'll never know. But it was a moment. 
well, it was a moment. It was a moment, and probably the most unlike. It was not. It, we couldn't think of this. Like we we did not plan for this. It was unscripted. It was I didn't unscripted. know that they would take that path. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense to me that you would avoid eight eighty. Yeah, well, avoid going through San Francisco makes perfect sense. Yeah, so come over take, San Mateo or yeah, or Dumbarton. Dublin. Yeah, yeah. That's it, not it. What did I just call it? Dublin. It's not the Dublin Bridge. Dumbarton. 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 <laughs> I was like, that's incorrect. That is a city. <laughs> yes, it's a city. So, yeah, good vibes. I mean, I was fired up. Fired yeah. up after that. Yep. And so now I want to kind of because so I ended up showing up to I two different tailgates. I showed up to the the tailgate. The right for California tailgate. About an hour ten before game time. Very late. <laughs> like in, in terms of the tailgate, because the tailgate had been going on since uh 10-ish. I think believe yes. they got there at 9:30 and they started at 10. So in in like Andy wasn't late to the gate, but just in retrospect of where the tailgate was, like it, we were winding down, we were starting to clean up. Um, Andy was late to tailgate. There wasn't much food left for Andy as well. Um, hey, I made it for the drinking thirty percent of the drinking song. You did, you did. That feels like a win. <laughs> but I want to hear from you. I mean, so I had our buddy Nick uh, fly in Friday. Stayed with me. Um, his flight got delayed by multiple hours, so he actually arrived in Oakland at like midnight. So I went to go pick him up, came home, knocked out. We left the house. At, we went and got breakfast at Blackbird Diner, came back home, changed, left. Uh, that was around like 9.45, 10-ish. We got to the tailgate like 10.30. And just parking and then walking through to our tailgate, I was like, this feels like a lot more people than normal. Like I, it still hadn't hit me that it was a sellout. right? I just – I just it, I needed to see it for myself before I could confirm it. So the the amount of people that you saw walking around, I was like, this feels like more than usual. This feels like more than usual on any game day. And when we got to the tailgate, there wasn't that many people at first. But then that parking lot that we're in in Dwinnell just started to just car after car after car after tailgate setup after tailgate setup after tailgate setup. And then our tailgate, like we have two tents and like tables and stuff. It was packed. Like, we had so many people. Like, usually you have space to, like, roam around. But this was, like, you had to, you know, squeeze past people. Be like, excuse me, like, walking through. Um, like, Rico, um, who, first of all, I didn't know Rico listened to our podcast. <laughs> so that was a I shocker. Know. That was a shocker. Second thing is he said he was listening to our podcast last week and was, like, Andy, you know, talking about bringing his father-in-law and maybe his parents and. So he was just like, oh, he usually plans for about 30 people to come through. Now he's like, okay, add, add a few more. And then some other people were like, oh, bring some more people. So he's like, oh, okay, add a few more. And, you know, they ended up planning for like 60 people. And Rico and Steph didn't even get to eat dinner or lunch that day. Because everyone everyone else, you know, uh, there's just that many people that showed up. And uh, so that was great. The vibes were great. The amount of people that were coming through were great. And just getting to see a bunch of people that we hadn't seen in a while also great and then sean of course our dear friend uh the former miami long snapper <laughs> sean mcnally uh brings like fries and uh wings and we're just 
we're just chowing down. We ate so much food. Shannon, of course, um, bless her heart, knew she was coming to our tailgate. And so she knew I would be there. So she made – she's an amazing baker, by the way. And she made my favorite of her pies, which is an Earl Grey pie. Oh, my goodness. It is it is so good. So, so damn good. Right? Two slices, like, wasn't even – any remorseful of any way that I was stealing someone else's slice. I'm, I want it. It's good. I'm going to eat two slices. Um, so that was superb. We met her dad at the tail. We met her dad at the tailgate last year, but we met her sister for the first time this year. Um, and so, yeah, it's just being a lot of people hanging out. And then you and I walking up to the stadium, like that's when we fully realized, holy crap, there's a lot of people here for this game. Yeah, I think I had that a little bit earlier because when we walked down from the tailgate that my parents usually go to is in Clark Kerr. Yeah. So I walk, walked from Clark Kerr through campus, past my old fraternity, then to the stadium, then down past the statue, and then through campus again all the way to the yeah to the tailgate. And it yeah. was popping i mean i've never seen warring street ever like that there was a live band <laughs> there was a, a full like four person band playing across the street from my fraternity house and then that my house was had it was throwing a party and then the sorority next to us had people in the parking lot they're throwing their own thing it was just crazy then there's people on rooftops everywhere yep and it was just like ah uh, it was so cool I loved it. I was like, this is so great to see. I mean, this is what this is what our college experience was. Yeah. That was it. That's yep. kind of like what our four years was like. So I'm so glad that these underclassmen and students now can have this experience because it's super special. And in and the big question that I had was Okay, so we heard about the sellout. Yeah. You know, Cal Twitter put it out. I think, was it Tuesday or Wednesday that it was a sellout? Yeah, so they announced the sellout. And I was like, damn, is Stanford showing up with just yeah. like a ton of fans? Yeah. You know, I was like, maybe I was having a hard time understanding like how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then after like some of the, the, you know, the 40th anniversary, like 125th anniversary of the big game. 40th anniversary of the play. Fun, you know, Starkey is retiring. Like, there's a lot going on. Great giveaway. Like, they're yep. giving away an X. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, and all these different things. It was like, okay, there's a lot that's happening here that's yep. building up hype. But it was also, I think, I think there's a part of it where these students have seen that if you win the big game, you get to go on the field. And I hate to say this, but I was surrounded, surrounded by people that were marginally interested in the football game. And were exceptionally interested in taking selfies of them at the field. <laughs> yep. And I actually think that a lot of people just and I and it's gonna sound negative and it kind of is, so I'm gonna take it as like an you know old man yelling at clouds, but really <laughs> that like people kind of wanna be there for the moment that happens, not so much for the journey. And yeah. of course, as my old man self, I'd say the journey is where all the interesting shit is. But that was that was definitely very apparent to me. Yep. When I was in the stands, 
But all that to say, that long diatribe aside, it ended up being like 80-20 Cal to Stanford fans. Yeah. So like 80% of that stadium was Cal fans. And yes, they did block out those sections. Well, that, that, I, that, those sections were blocked out prior, right? It's just they just never took off the tarp. Yes. I mean, no, no, I know. But like I'm comparing to years past. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are terrible views. <laughs> yeah, but those are max capacity. It's max capacity to what they've set it up for this season. And it was just awesome. It was awesome. I wanted to actually know from your perspective, because I know from being back with the team, like you can really feel a crowd like that when you're on the field. Yeah. And so I was curious for you, because yeah. for those that don't know, Rob was on the field for this game. Yeah. Was, Were you uh, really able to like feel the energy that the crowd had? Yeah. So I would say early on, it was just, I would look around like as the game. So when the games first kicked off, I was like, Ooh, maybe it's not a full sellout. Like maybe it's a, one of those sellouts where all the tickets got sold, but I don't, everyone might not show up or like, a bunch of these people just bought tickets because they thought, you know, people were going to want these and we're trying to resell them, you know, and it just never happens because you, you get a bunch of those. Right. So that's what I thought. But then as I kept looking at the top of the of the student section, you know, that back that back road. Yes. Right? And you just see just tons and tons of people just still walking left and right. Yeah. Right. They're still walking around. So I'm like, oh, okay, they're, they're, they're still funneling in. And I think halfway through the first is when like, you know, I was filming the game and then I look up at into the stands and I'm like, holy crap, these sections are full, right? Full North end zone, a little, there's some space at the top ESP seats. There were some empty seats, but I think the ESP seats were a little bit empty because some people probably were inside in like their like a uh, club area, like, watching things it was, it was kind of chilly it's what my parents said i said yeah. i asked actually asked them yeah why they thought that and they said that so many people just stay inside because yeah, it's so it's much cold. colder over there yeah. you don't get the sun yeah at the beginning of the game right and you're so. sitting in those nicer seats they're a bit more spaced out than you know sitting in rr or qq any of those sections where you kind of packed in a little bit more so that's that was that's what i figured was the reasonable excuse um, for those sections being a little empty, but like, I was like, wow, this, this, it definitely feels like a, a sellout and, you know, taking video of all, all the people just sitting together. One, as you said, just reminds us, reminds me of when we were in college in like, you know, Oh seven and, and Oh eight, like just the sheer amount of people at those games. Um, but I will say the, the moment I, it really felt like the crowd and I, I felt the, the energy of course, the fourth quarter, right? The the hey, the hey alumni um, chants, the we believe that we will win chants, the roll on you bears, the 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 noise when we scored or Jaden not scored that touchdown when he made the two point conversion. Chop that just, tree! Chop, chop that, that tree. tree! Chop that tree! Uh, just you, it it gave me shivers, and then. I think the, the the capper to all of that is when they asked everyone to turn on their cell phone lights. Like that was the moment where I'm like looking out and it's like, I felt it, it felt like a concert, just the amount of like lights that you were seeing. And I have video of it, but the video doesn't do it justice. Like it just, it just does not. <laughs> so it, that, 
that's probably where it was. And I'm sure the players felt it too, because there were moments where the defense would go out on the field and they would, you know, try to, they would like, you know, lift their hands up and down, right? Trying to get the crowd into it a little bit more. And immediately they get the response from the entire stadium. Yeah. And that must, for them, that must have been one of those like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, moments. they didn't have it. So there's, they didn't have that all season long and to no. get that. But Femi was particularly good yeah. about every kickoff yeah. coming into the end zone, throwing his hands up, yeah. getting our entire section. Because I was in WW. Yeah. And he's getting everybody involved and getting the crowd going. Yep. The I I don't remember his name, but he was a part of the 1982 team. Is it Ahmad Anderson? Ahmad Anderson. Yeah. So the Ahmad Anderson chant. Oh, yeah. The, when yep. he came out yep. and they said, hey, I'm going to lead this chant. And Ahmad Anderson comes out and does this amazing thing for Dwight Garner. Yep. And then says, you know, let's make sure that he can hear us. Yeah. And drops the, you know it, you tell the story, which yep. technically was out of out of tradition. You got to be careful with that one. Yeah, you do. You do. And we also messed it up later where we were doing it before the game was over. And I was like, wow, we're, we're really teasing yeah. there are a couple areas where teasing fate we all yeah, of our I mean, fans ran down to the edge of the field to get ready to jump on it before well before the game was like fully decided yep but back to Ahmad anderson comes out and just gives this raucous you know it you tell the story you tell the whole damn world it's bear territory, territory. and the players the defensive players turned around on the field because yeah. he was talking more than he was allotted. It's yeah, the yeah. longest time out of all time. Yep, yep. And they were hyped. Yeah. Like throwing their hands up. Yeah. It was super cool. Super, super cool. But there's a couple I have a couple other things from my fan experience. I overall, I would like to say that Rallycom, while you were pleased, well, while you were pleased. With their Hey Alumni, I was angry. <laughs> rally comms or the Mike Men? I'm sorry, Mike Men. I have my own rally. Rally, com- I, I spoiled the lead. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They didn't do a single Hey Alumni the entire first half. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. Not once did they take advantage of that crowd. I was like, what are we doing? We have a full stadium, 80% Cal fans. And we aren't doing anything. Like, we're not doing the CAL. We're not doing, hey, alumni, go Bears. We're just quiet. Well, we did do the give me a C, give me an A, give me an L. 
What did, we, we did do that in the first half. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. It, it felt Yeah, it was very little. sporadic. It was too little. Yeah, it wasn't consistent enough. It was not well organized. It was not up to my standard of organization. <laughs> Secondly, the card stunt. We finally had Enough a people. full yep. student section. Yep. So for the first time all year, maybe outside of the opener, we could do a card stunt. And let me tell you, we did not execute that no. thing <laughs> no. at all. No. That was terrible. Yeah. Every person involved in that should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> I mean... But you can't blame leadership for that one. That's just purely on like the students that are sitting in that section. Most of them don't have real experience with the cards. Like they're just playing around with them. They're like throwing them up in the air, like when there's a touchdown. And not, there's no real sanctity is the wrong word, but that's the only word I can think of. So I'm going to use it. But there's no sanctity to the tradition of, of like knowing that that's what that's what those card stunts are for. That's what the cards are there for. There's an entire group of people dedicated to collecting all of those cards, organizing them, putting them into the right bags, putting them on the right seats. Like they do a lot of work to get that done and it's just it felt like a slap in the face to those guys. Fair. That spent hours hours putting those card stunts together. Good point. And spoken like a true Rallycon member. <laughs> Former for one year, for one year. Former yeah. member. Yeah, because from my side I'm like, damn. You you finally like you finally had it. But it was very clear to me it was like Everybody got it, but like this very key three or four rows, like yeah. right in the middle, just didn't do anything the entire no. time. And then people just gave up and just started yeah. tossing them in the air. And it was just like, I, I was like, what, what was this? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was this? Like everyone, we, everyone can do better. That was, that was, uh, yeah, that was wild. It was absolutely wild. Well, that's the, that's the scene tailgate scene. Crowd scene. We can talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Do you want to read some stats first? Or do you uh, want to just jump right in the game? I mean, I'll read the stats as they're as they're appropriate to when we're talking about the game. Okay. Well, since you were on the field, let's just do first half, second half. Works for me. What was your interpretation of the first half? So, like, I came home last night, right, and I uploaded all of my video clips, and I was just walking, you know, on my iPad, just, like, watching back a few of them, and I was like, man, the first half was so boring. <laughs> like, regardless of what the score was, and regardless, like, Stanford was leading, just overall, it was like, it's, it's such a boring game. It's just dropped passes, like, bleeding yards, just, but, like, no electricity, really. You know, there are moments of electricity where we were like, oh, could this be something? And then it's like, no, this is we're just hanging out. You know, <laughs> we're hanging out between the 20s. That's pretty much what this game felt like in the first half. And that's exactly we're looking back at the stats right now. That's exactly what it was. Well, a lot of yards. I felt yeah. like I felt like we were moving the ball. That's what I mean. So, like, that's that's what I mean when it said the game was stuck between the 20s. Yeah. Like Stanford moved the ball. We moved the ball. But it was, like, from our 20 to their 20 and then from their 20 to our 20. And the thing was, I mean, Stanford came out and executed that first drive yep. almost flawlessly against yep. us. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, their, uh, their running quarterback makes that run, that huge run. And I was like, oh, F. Oh, I was like, this is F. a wrinkle we did not <laughs> expect. <laughs> we did not, not plan for this. 
I just didn't know. I mean, it was it was very – and then we came back. We get the field goal, and then Stanford comes back, and they kick a field goal, and then we come back, and we kick another field goal. I was like, okay, well, this is more – you know, this is what we we're expecting a field goal battle, of course, because it's Wilcox versus Shaw. Yep. I will say, I have my notes as the J-Mike drop in the first quarter. Pretty sure yep. that was the end zone yep. in the stomach drop. Yep. Devastating. Yep. Then I just wrote J Mike drop city. Yeah. That dude, something's happened. He's dropped more passes in the last two games than he has all season. I don't know what's going on, but there was a first down conversion, hit him in the hands, drop the end zone play drop. Just so many drops. It was just yeah. like, it was horrible. It was 11, like, 11 targets, five catches. So six drops. Well, you don't know if those are drops. Well, I mean, usually if it means targets, then at least, uh, true. Yeah, if he thrown it away and stuff like that, but yeah, but six incomplete passes to him. So, so there were a lot of drops. There's there's at least three. I, I wrote after J Mike drop city. We are dropping everything. <laughs> so that means it was caught. another occasion where we dropped more passes, and I was even more frustrated. My next note was full of cow mistakes, and that obviously includes the plumber play, which is just infuriating. But that was really the first half. The first half felt like this game could have been, I think, I mean, this was one of those things where it was like, here we go again. Cal is clearly better. Clearly more capable, moving the ball more, been more effective the whole game. And here's the script. We're going to, we're just going to let Stanford win this thing. And I literally was, I was sitting there because I don't think my mom's ever said this to me. She turned over. She said, you seem awfully confident today. She was like, I'm nervous, <laughs> but you don't seem nervous today. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not nervous. I, I fully expected us to win that game. I think I, every person I saw said, I mean, I said it to you. I said it to Sid. Shout out to Sid. I mean, I said it to everyone. I said, I'll yep. see you on the field. Yep. See you on the 50. So I had a, a quiet confidence because I felt like, I felt like this game favored us. And then we showed why that confidence was a little bit misguided. Yeah. Because in, in the thing that we were looking for was like, okay, what is this offense going to look like with Musgrave not around? And I thought we were going to go heavy pass. And it was very interesting because Wilcox was like, yeah, they were showing us heavy run fronts. So that's why we didn't run as much in the first half. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they liked the matchups that they were getting on the outside. But it was crazy because Plummer was dropping back and hitting dudes in the hands, and they just weren't catching the damn ball. Yeah. I mean, I, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and then there's just sloppy plays. Like Latu, like we threw a screen pass to the outside. Latu just gets beat. Like, dude, Latu, Latu is like six six, and he's getting beat by his DB on a block. Like the guy just like ran around him, and yeah. and we just weren't executing. Well, it's just so interesting because I feel like Wilcox is such a big, big proponent of execution. It's amazing that we have such a hard time with it. And so the end of the first half, the merciless end. I mean, obviously the plumber play where that's just like a very dumb play. I mean, I don't even know what he's looking at. I mean, I kind of understood it. Like, get the dude on the outside. Like, but like. I can understand what he's looking at, but like the idea that he would throw it in that situation is yep. just truly, you know, that's like college football in, in a nutshell. You don't see that in the NFL. You don't make that throw, obviously, unless you're like 
freaking Mahomes who like would throw it around his back and it would be a touchdown. But like, yeah, yeah, out, yeah. if you're not Patrick Mahomes, you don't throw that damn football. <laughs> yeah, I think the two interceptions I think were ill advised. I think they were both off his back foot. I don't, I can't tell if he was just trying to chuck it away and just didn't get enough air on it, or if he was actually trying to go for those passes. Um, but I think. I think you're spot on. The execution of the plays was the issue. I didn't actually have an issue with the actual play calling and the menu of plays that we were using this week. Um, the first play out of the gate was that little like tip shovel thing to Maven, you know, um, just some misdirection stuff. I thought it was great. We utilized a lot of the quick slants, um, which was also great. We looked for the deep ball once they got those matchups. Looked great. Like the. I- I didn't have an issue of what we were calling when we were calling it. We used a lot of pitches to to Ott, which I was I've been calling for this entire season because clearly our offensive line is not good enough to get him the holes in between the tackles. So why aren't we getting him out in space with our athletic offensive line? Like pull a guard, right? Run power to the one side and let him run around the outside, right? So. It was nice to see that. It was nice to see all of those motions. It was nice to see the deep balls constantly getting called and just getting our wide receivers a chance to make plays. It's just that they didn't make those plays. I'm getting ahead of myself again here, but the UCLA game gets very interesting now. If because if our offense, if the offensive play calling works like it did against Stanford, but we start completing those passes. It's a drastically different looking efficient offense come next week, right? And that's those drops are fixable. Like the play calling issues clearly weren't fixable, but now it, it looks like at least for the rest of the season, it, it could be fixed for another game. So, but all in all, like the the game itself, I got a text message from a buddy of mine because I was talking to him about the game, and he goes, "They had us for the first three quarters," and I was like, "That's probably the best assessment of it." They had us for the first three quarters, and then they sat on the lead, and and then we had some luck go our way with the scoop and score, <laughs> like just the second bounce off of I think Irby had had it first, right, and then it, the second bounce just straight up into Sermon's arms, and Sermon doesn't even lose a step in his pace, and is just off to the races with Daniel Scott right behind him blocking um, to see if there's any one else he needed to block. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so stroke of luck helps us and then we close it out and the weird touchdown that or that not a touchdown that turned into a touchdown. Like we had we had no idea if that odd touchdown was actually a touchdown. And then the scoreboard changed and then we thought they were kicking the field goal, but it was actually a PAT team that was out there. Like it that entire, That was so weird. And we lost like the entire because imagine just the the celebration that would have occurred if we had actually gotten that called as a touchdown. But like we got none of that. <laughs> we got yeah. none of that. It was so odd. Yeah, everyone was waiting for well, okay. All right. We're we're now in the second half. Okay. So one thing I wanted to say before that was 
that Jermaine Terry, what we were doing with Terry this game that I saw for what we've been asking for for a long time was bringing in Terry to block. Yeah. So we would send him out wide and then we would bring him in as an extra blocker. It was working really well. Like Plumber actually had time. And plumber with time is usually a good thing. So yep. that was really cool. I, I was super excited to see that. And then... Oh, sorry. Can I add one thing? The one thing we talked about on the phone that I just remembered was it was really... It was those those uh, formation sets where we had Terry and like one of the wideouts stacked with like Terry in front. And so either he's laying the block immediately after the snap or he's going out on a, like a short shorter route and maybe chipping a linebacker and then you have the wide receiver. I thought that motion and that action and that look looked worked really well. So just wanted to note that since we were talking about Terry um, being lined up outside. So ex- exactly. And I think that's a great call out. But with all that being said, it was 17, 17 to 6 Yep, going into the fourth. Yep. And we really didn't have much going for us until we were able to get finally get that drive. So, I mean, we so we finally get that drive going downfield. We get the touchdown to Monroe Young. And we got that drive. That drive was really built behind the run. Yep. And that was, like, so, so grateful to see the focus on the run finally and, and just, like, committing to it. I wanted us to just commit to the run, even if it was, like, a, a stacked box, you know, just, like, commit yeah. to it. And that, that end of the third really helped us because that that to set up that touchdown drive, like we stopped them on their own. If I'm looking at the stats right on their own 17 and then it was a net 30 yard punt. Yes. So we started on the Stanford 47, which was huge for us. Well, that was huge. And then what was crazy is like, I think it was the drive before that. It's like Ashton Davis, like after Stanford scored their touchdown. Sorry, Ashton Davis, Ashton Hayes, <laughs> Ashton Hayes, Ashton Hayes. Yeah. Ash and Hayes had this great return. Yeah. And then we're like, couldn't have been set up any better. Then we had a 15 yard unsportsman, like on our face mask after the Ash and Hayes return. Yep. So we were like already in Stanford field position. I'm not going to say who I'll say their number because their number was called a lot in this game. Number 60. After a six yard run from Jay Knott. Gets a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Just yep. mind-blowingly stupid. Mind-blowingly stupid. And puts us out and we had to punt the ball. Yep. Like we just I mean it was that was so big because that was a, a situation that was really interesting too, because like you needed three. Yeah. Cause you're if you got three, you're down eight. Yep. So the, not only was it the dumbest penalty of all time, but it was also very frustrating not to see us make more of an attempt on like an underplay. I think yeah. in that long third down, I thought we would clearly do that, knowing that hey, if we got it within a score, we got it within eight, you know, it's like a one score game, and it kind of like amps up the the pressure again. But yeah. We didn't. We went for first on like third and whatever, like third and sixteen, yeah. and we didn't get it. Yep. It was super frustrating. It was very frustrating. I mean, I think like it was almost like, yeah, I'd say to one to one degree, they outplayed us for three. The flip side of that is I really felt like we were outplaying them, but we were just handing it back. Like we were we were executing better. We were clearly showcasing more talent. But like in the actual how the game was going, we just weren't taking advantage of the opportunity. 
Yeah. I mean, we weren't running the ball well for the entire first three quarters, but our pass game had opened up where we were getting one-on-one opportunities. And as you talked about, it was drop city. And like, I, I, you know, butterfly effect here, but I think if we, if we make at least half of those catches, like that were drops in the first half, if at least half of those turned into catches, like we probably would have been up by at least 14 or at least 10. Right. I, I don't think that it would have come this close. Um, so once again, that harpings back to the point that I was talking about, which is the offensive game plan worked. Whatever, yes. whatever they self scouted and figured out, like, okay, this is where our best players are. This is who gives us the best opportunity to win. We feel like we can win those matchups, and clearly they were because they looked for it. And I think one of the other things that happened too, which is kind of like the unsung part of this game. There's two things. One, I wanted to highlight that Ir- um, Jeremiah Irby had like. Is it Irby or Irby? Irby, Irby I think. Irby. Irby had a vastly different second half than first half. Yeah, he had three three or four pass breakups by the stats. And, like, he was getting beat. And I think he would, like, say that. I saw – I mean, it was easy for me to see. It's like he was getting beat. And, like, there was a, a third down play that was done to the outside. That the Sanford receiver ran around. And, like, he, like, had – he, like – played way off of him and they converted first down on him and he was upset, like slapping his hands. And like, yeah. there were just a couple of plays where I was like, Oh man, that was on again. You know, I was freshman, like, Oh, all right. True freshman mistakes. Yeah. And then second half lockdown, just better and better and better. And then one of those like key, key pass breakups uh, yep. when he was one-on-one and he yep. just made that huge play and Wilcox shouted him out for it and then presser. Like that was a huge play in the game. But so that's the the first piece. But the second piece is the Cal defense just starts. It's like it went confidence to more confidence to more confidence to they're not going anywhere. Like it just like built. And it was yeah. like this team's not doing anything against us to the, to the point at the end where it was like defense on the field just really felt like the old Cal defenses where it was like mass, just ridiculous amount of confidence and swagger. Like yep. this wasn't going to this wasn't going to happen for Stanford. So that really sets up the fourth. And I agree, like that play, a lot of people were, I think, trying to say, oh, yeah, it was like the it was like the play. And I was like, well, not really. But, <laughs> you know, it was a wild play because Daniel Scott makes the forces the fumble. Yep. Irby picks it up, tries to turn. Yep. Loses it. The guy that fumbled it comes and just knocks it right out. And then, as you said, just pops right up into Jackson Sermon's arms as if it was like a gift from Dwight Garner himself <laughs> and sprints into the end zone. And it was bedlam. That was amazing. We had the lead, the whole place, the entire attitude of that stadium changed. Yep. It was like, hold on. Now Cal has the lead. Cal might actually win this game. And it was really from there on out that I felt like, I mean, and then so you have that that drive where now Cal's driving downfield. Jaden is coming alive, right? 97 second half yards, zero first half yards. Yeah. Jaden's also, coming alive. We also need to note that that sermon touchdown happened with still 10 minutes left in the fourth. And we were only up three. Correct. With 10 minutes left in the fourth. So there was still plenty of time. Defense confidence too high. Yeah. Wasn't going to happen. We get the ball back. We're driving down. Now it's about putting this game away. Yep. We're driving down, at least getting 
three. Because yep. if I did anything, I read the Right for California article from the Stanford guy that was like, our kickers was nice. He doesn't miss, and he's got all, you know, all country potential. Like which which we saw. Which which we ended up seeing. <laughs> so I turned to my dad and I'm like, we can't be within three. Yeah. Number one, we just have to be, we have to make it six. And what do we do? Well, we get down there and we throw it up to Monroe Young in the end zone. Why? I have no idea. I personally saw Monroe Young. I think he overran a, a pass earlier. I, I don't know. Where Plummer was putting the ball and where Monroe Young ended up being were two very different places. And a lot of the times we blame the quarterback for that. And we no, don't really look at the wide receiver and say, what were you doing? But I found myself looking at the wide receiver and being like, what exactly were you doing on that play? Because there's no reason why like that ball like was you could have made a play on that ball, but like he let the defender make that play. Say I think you could there is a world in which you could make the case on the that throw in the end zone that I understand. The ball should have been to the outside. If you throw the ball to the outside of Monroe Young, to the actual like corner, it's a touchdown. Yeah. Because he can then play the defender off and have he's the only one that has the path to the ball. Right. But he also could have contested that damn throw. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just felt like there were some opportunities that left me wanting more. And I was super stoked that, you know, he did end up getting that touchdown. And, you know, uh, think he's a fifth year so it was a big it was a big day for him and it ultimately didn't matter but that at the time I was like wow once again here we are we're gonna give the ball back we're gonna give it back to Stanford and you know you just don't know what's gonna happen it's a big game so yeah it felt like the momentum shifted but it's a big game you just don't you can't count on anything you hand a team like that the ball and then and then it just became very clear and then and then I the last thing I wrote down on my phone was I love Daniel Scott that's it. <laughs> and I mean, I think if there's any, uh, dude, like I hope, I think, you know, from the eye test, which means nothing, I realize, you know, I hope he plays on Sundays. Well, I think he will. Sundays. I think he'll play on Sundays. He is, he is incredible. There's so many games. I just think he has that, he has that ability to just like make the play in the biggest moments. And he's not too, he's not afraid of the moment. He's not too big for the moment. And that dude just makes plays. That interception, she almost took back for a touchdown. Yep. Yeah, it sealed, really sealed the game and allowed us to kind of breathe. And it, it was, uh, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. So, so as, as you're talking there, I went back through my clips that I recorded and I watched the, Monroe Young, that pick that you're talking about. And I, I just needed to rewatch it because I just wanted to make sure my memory was correct. So if you rewatch that play and you watch the quarterback, I think it was just, it, it just, there was a lot of things that compounded, right? I think Monroe Young, there was an adjustment from the previous time where he underran the route. And so he was, he was compensating that Jack was probably going to throw in front of him. So he was running a little bit ahead of the, of the defender. But if you, Go back and watch Jack too. Right as he's about to step into the throw, there's a Stanford guy in his a Stanford defensive lineman in his face. 
So he kind of jumps up and like as he's leaning back, like just throws it with the arm. And I think that took away a lot of the momentum of the ball that he would have put on it if he was able to at least plant that front foot. Um, it definitely looks like because yeah, if I, I'm not watching it in slow mo, which I probably could, but in real time, like he jumps up and then he lands on that back foot and then he chucks it. The front foot is still up in the air. So once again, that probably took out just he's throwing it with purely his shoulder, like and, and hips. He's not throwing with his body and, and being able to launch that ball where he wanted to. So that compounded with, you know, the adjustment that they probably made, you know, on the sideline together, just all in all made it into the, that interception. Um, so I don't know if I could put it. I, I can't put it, pin it on either guy. It was just the circumstances of the moment dictated that that's probably what happened. Yeah. And it's, it's good. Yeah. It's a good reconciliation if you will i think it was it was just tough i i think like i was like why are we even taking that shot we just really didn't need it yeah we the the, it's you started to feel in your stomach right where you were like all right if we can just get points here i'm feeling real good about the end of the game real good about the end of the game but then the interception happens and you're like oh god we're gonna lose this aren't we (laughs) it's like and we were running the ball so well i just like just run just keep running like there was no reason to like drop back and take an end zone shot like there really wasn't just keep running the football and you know we had and we we had the ball a lot like it wasn't like stanford's defense was getting off the field offense was coming on going three and out we were getting the ball back and it's like going three and out getting the ball back turnover get the ball back and it was it just stanford's defense out there was out there for a long long time and We've seen we've been on the opposite side of that. Yeah. When our defense starts to get worn down from our offense's own ineptitude. And it didn't seem like we had the awareness. And then we finally got there, but it just was frustrating. I think that that was pretty frustrating that we we took that shot, we we gave it back. And that I mean, that could have been the story of this game. Yeah. Which is Cal had 18 different ways to win it, but chose to sort of not to. And I think we, I think someone said like, uh, I don't know. I forget what the phrase is. Snatching victory from the clause, snatching defeat from the clause of victory. <laughs> like whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's like one of those, but it was a, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it, was it was close to f- both teams had close to, f- I mean, Stanford had 400 yards. We had 393 yards of offense like that. That alone is just shows you that the ball kept going back and forth. Like fourth down conversions, we are four fourteen. They are four fifteen. Right? It's not. It wasn't so drastic. Like, equally futile. Yeah, equally. But I think that's why, because we we knew that Stanford had like injury issues, right, across their defense. So I think that added with this game, or ultimately, it, like it was a war of attrition. And ultimately, they started to feel the effects of being worn down. But our defense still felt spry because compared to other games, our defense was off the field for a longer amount of time because we were moving the ball down to like, you know, their 45 and then having to punt or down to their 30 going on fourth down and losing it. Dude, that's such an amazing point. I mean, I honestly feel like that was so redeeming from what we have been talking about on this podcast. Yeah. 
right? When we're talking about the offense, it's like you cannot be an offense that cannot get a single first down. It didn't matter that we weren't scoring touchdowns. It just mattered that we were allowing our defense the chance to rest. And then what happens? Well, defense comes out and makes a play. Like, and then our defense came out and was well rested. Like we saw it and it mattered. We just was like, and that's what Jack Plummer said too. He's like, we it wasn't like we were going three and out. Yeah. He's like, we were getting yep. chunk yards and then we just weren't finishing. Yeah. And what a difference that is. That's yeah, a huge think- difference. And like, yes, I think, think I think Stanford's pretty bad. Obviously. If they if we lost or if we beat them, then they're yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> like, yeah. But I I also think that we it took I think it really um it was nice to see our offense operate that way after yeah. not seeing it operate that way for literally the entire season. Yeah. It it very much felt like the adjustments were made within the confines of our offensive setup right now, right? Because we talked about this last week, right? Like, look, you're not changing the complexion of the offense. You're not changing the playbook. You're working with what you have, but you're figuring out what can we maximize and to be efficient with the players and the playbook that we currently have. And it's clear that they adjusted that playbook to what it is right now. And so, like, you look at the yard per play, we had six average gain per play for us was six yards. That's huge. That's two plays in a first down. Like, you know, we converted four or 14, but that, that, that's because we were converting first downs on a lot of second downs. And we dropped a lot of third downs. And we dropped a lot of third downs. Yeah, four <laughs> and 14. But, you know, that's kind of where we were. So that was, that was where the game was. That was, that was where the game was won. Our offense was efficient enough to give our defense time to rest for them to play and ultimately get the two plays that needed us to win. I think that's it, right? I think that's, that's it. That's like a good that's a good spot to talk about and and talking about the game. But before we move on to questions and the end of the game, uh we did want to give a little special shout out to Homefield. Because Homefield is doing a super cool uh, sale for Black Friday. Andy and I both own Homefield goods. We actually did a special launch. Right for California did a special launch with them when they launched the Cal line um, last year. But this year they're doing a Black Friday sale, which already started on the 18th. And so you can go to the website, 20% off their entire site if you use the code Black Friday. If you miss it because it ends on the 27th, then on the 28th and 29th, they have a Cyber Monday sale, which is also 20% off your entire purchase. And all you got to do is use the code Cyber Monday. But Andy, I know you're going to buy some stuff for your parents for the stuff. But like if if no one's bought stuff from Homefield, which we call the good brand, like what is your pitch to them in how good the material is and how cool the clothes are? I have so many <laughs> Homefield <laughs> Thanks. I love those shirts. I wear them all the time. I think they are super comfortable. They're so it's like those shirts that you've worn for like ten years, right? Yeah. It feels like that material where it's like worn down and outrageous. Just, and then my that sweatshirt I that Terrence was wearing. I love that sweatshirt. Yeah. And I uh, I have that. I rock their stuff all the time. Uh, I have like, I'm not even kidding. I think I have five home field apparel <laughs> shirts. 
<laughs> so do yourself a favor. It's holiday season. And I'm getting my parents Northwestern stuff. And they don't listen to the pod, so they're not going to know. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to use the 20% off. I'm going to yeah. get them the Northwestern gears. Sick. So yeah. I'm going to get them that. And I'm going to hopefully win Christmas. Yeah. So once again, you can check the code on the on Right for California, but also it's Black Friday for 20% off until the 27th and Cyber Monday on the 28th and 29th. Same deal, 20% off the entire site. So there's that. But before we move, or now we're going to move into the end of the game and uh, fan questions. So Andy, give me a brief primer on how you felt when we were uh, rushing the field after that win. Well circumstances being what they were in that I had a trip to trip to an Island on the West coast of the country (laughs) or a state, I should say the, I did not find myself running down. I was like, I'm going to hang out at the top, like take some pictures of, and then I took a time-lapse, which I haven't even watched yet, but I took a time-lapse of everybody running on the field. I thought that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I have video of people jumping the wall. Um, hey, props to anyone that can do that. They are that wall. And so this—that's what the security guys were saying. They were like telling people, like, "Don't jump down. It's a lot farther than you think, and you won't realize how far of a drop that is until you're actually until you're in the air and it's too late to change." Yeah, it's it's a big drop. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it at this age. No. I saw some there, people do it, and it's uh, that hurts the knees. Dude, there were there were multiple injuries. There was a. There was Nick saw a girl whose like foot was twisted in the opposite direction. What? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, there was apparently like a, someone with a dislocated shoulder. There was another one what? with a dislocated knee, like all jumping off of the wall. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. So the EMTs had a really tough. There was like time after the game was over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is- which sucks for them because they're like sitting there the entire game, and then all of a sudden, like they're like, "Okay, I guess it's, you know it was an uneventful game. No one got hurt. No players got hurt. It's time to go home." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of this goes. So that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's un- I mean, yeah, that's unfortunate. I would hate yeah. to contribute to their their work day. Their work day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I liked it. It's it's just I mean they got to change that rule. The yeah. rule of like the one minute. You know, they're announcing it in the stadium over and over again. Please wait one minute before going on the field. Please wait one minute. Do you know how long a minute is? Yeah. One minute? Like, no one's going to wait a minute. Yeah. A minute? Like, that is a true. From the point in which the game ends, you are asking people to stay there for 60 seconds. And I would look at it every five of those seconds are probably like an actual five minute wait. So yeah. it's like, there's I mean, no chance. You can maybe say, wait. 20 seconds and i think that's a stretch i mean like no we know why they're asking to do that it saves them money yeah no no not only that but it's like you know players want to greet each other like across the across the ways and you want the away team to get out because you don't want any fights breaking out with the away team and yep oh for sure yeah i think i think why they're doing it is right but there needs to be some more research into can we make this a little bit better and more efficient for yes um but yeah, that was the end of the game, and then we walked out, and uh, that's all she wrote. The axe was retained. We went home happy, jovial, and uh, I called Andy, and we chatted on the phone for like fifteen minutes <laughs> before we all went our ways. It what was great. Day. It was what great. I got a picture with Jermaine Terry. You did get a picture with Jermaine Terry. Yep. 
with my uh, father-in-law, Carlos. It was awesome. He was so nice. He was signing autographs. Got a picture. I highly recommend uh, going to see Jack Plummer's selfie that he took, if you haven't seen that on Twitter. He took someone's phone and took a selfie, like, up. He was on someone's shoulders. So it's him, and then the entire background is just, just, uh, just all people. Wow. All people's heads. Um, I highly recommend going to take a look at that. It's on his, it's on his uh, Twitter page, but, uh, we have a couple questions. So I think it's a good, good way to wrap up our show with, you know, this was a, so if you didn't get your questions in on time, I'm sorry. Uh, we weren't planning on recording today, but since Andy is, uh, leaving the state for the holidays, like we wanted to get it done on Sunday. So there you go. I got to, uh, Joe Kenyon here. A nice meeting yesterday. Yeah, that was really cool. Joe Kenyon actually, someone came up to me and was like, Hey, like, like uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he just like dapped me up, and uh, he was like, "Oh, I'm Joe Kenyon," and I was like, "Oh, nice to meet you, man." And uh, so he recognized me, <laughs> and so he said, "Hey, nice meeting you yesterday." And I talked a lot of trash about uh, UA, but they have been releasing some beautiful uniforms. The big game design might be my favorite uni of all time. What are your thoughts about these new releases? I'm pretty sure a lot of these were in the works for quite some time. It just so I'm like the big game stuff with 40th anniversary, 125th. It just made sense that they had already been planning for this for years, and it just the culmination of it just sucks that it's the year that they're like closing out um, their contract with us. But I mean, they were beautiful. I beautiful. I think I had like six different occasions where I turned to my right and was like, "Have you guys seen how dope these helmets are?" <laughs> <laughs> the and then yeah, the whole uniform was so clean. I was like, "This is amazing." I mean, the, the the biggest thing I think you and I both love is that little logo of the axe. Yep. Oh, good God. I tweeted it out. I'm like, who can I talk to to just get that patch? I saw. I don't need the jersey. Just give me the patch. Like, I just want to, I just want to be able to put it, like, on a hat or, like, on my backpack. It's just so – it's so well designed. It's such a clean, simple design. It was so sick. Yeah. I love the jerseys. I would, lo- I would wear them once a year at least. Yeah. Whoever our next apparel person is. I hope you're, take note. Take, take note. note. Take note, please. Um, and then, of course, our dear friend Sid, who we saw, who we saw, yeah, any little little fist raise because you can't see it on the screen. I didn't know you kind of set it up. You're like, oh, we didn't we didn't tell people we're recording today. I was like, did Sid get it in? I didn't she know. Got it in. She got it in. I was ninety five percent sure we were going to lose, but so happy we won. Do you think at any point Wilcox should have put in Kai Milner? If so, at what point during the game would you have put him in the game? Ooh, that's a very good question. I, hmm, I, w- I think if we had gotten the ball back to end, I think I would have given him the opportunity to maybe go in there and maybe take at least one of the knees just so he gets the feel for what it's like being a quarterback in the big game. But circumstances didn't dictate that because they were they were they had the ball back was like 58 seconds left and they started pushing. And you knew that we weren't going to get the ball back. You definitely couldn't put him in on the drive before. So, but I do wish they ran like you know they the Stanford guys ran that a couple of plays for their running quarterback. I kind of wish we had a couple of plays to get Kai in just to get a different look in. They didn't do that. Maybe we get that against UCLA. Um, but overall, yeah, there just wasn't an opportunity to if you weren't setting up design plays for him. It's exactly how I felt. Wish I would have seen him used in, you know, the same way Stanford was using their mobile quarterback. Yep. Thought that was, there was an opportunity there uh, to show some different looks, but didn't happen. Interesting thing of note was that Plummer ran out on senior day. 
Well, I mean, he is by by year. This is his senior year. Yeah, but I mean, did you see him get asked about it? Oh, I didn't. What did he say? Well, he said he didn't really know. He was like he wanted to do it just in case. Yeah. So it was it was not an answer of like it was it was it's it's interesting. Yeah. I think that that we'll have to watch that to see if he's coming back or not. It's because, a very it's a very heavy quarterback draft class. Yeah, yeah very, but very with no good. real standouts, correct? Well, I mean, like Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. There's like it's very top heavy. There's a lot of guys that are going to go in the first round, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, maybe, maybe getting another offensive coordinator and learning another offense. Just he doesn't want to do it. He wants to just try his and test it in the next level, which I totally understand too. So I could see him end up. I feel like he has the pro mold. He does. Yep. If you can get an offensive line to somewhat per like stop. The, the pass rush against for him. He's got the arm to play in the next level. Got the arm for sure. Yeah, he's definitely got the arm. But yeah, that wraps it up for us here on the, the Golden Bear cast. Um, I guess I'll plug one thing is all of like all the stuff I recorded, I'll be editing this week. Hopefully I'll have a video up by like Tuesday if I get enough time to work on it tomorrow. But there's some really cool clips in there. Um, I can't wait for people to see it. There is a teaser clip up on my Twitter account. Um with Jaden Ott's two-point conversion, which it was funny because I tweeted it out this morning and the caption I put on it, it's like, you know, two-point conversion is good. Let's go swimming because that was his, like, celebration. He quote-tweeted it and it's, like, in it like a swim swimsuit. In and there like our, swimwear. In there like swimwear. Damn it, I missed that. It's up. a Rod Benson line. It is, yeah. From so, Boom Got Them, though, which is an old-school throwback to anyone that follows Rod yeah. Benson. That is a... Uh, is but a... yeah, that video will be up uh, shortly. There's a really, actually, I'll spoil one more thing. There's a really cool clip in there before the players came out. Like they did the seniors run out, right? And the players are in the tunnel. They're getting ready to come out. And Jaden Ott is at the front with a boom box, like holding it up. And they're playing a song and they're all jumping up and down, dancing to it. And so that was the moment for me where I'm like, this, this, what I see right here, as long as we win today, for me is enough to think that Jaden's not leaving. Like a lot of people keep pushing that narrative of like Jaden's probably like going elsewhere, you know, moving on to a better team. But nah, I think he likes it here. I on, if he's leading the team out, <laughs> I think, I think that's a big enough tell for me, but that's another pod for another day. Yes, it uh, is. But yeah, you can find us on golden bear cast on Twitter. You can email us goldenbearcast at gmail.com. You can find all our written stuff at rightforcalifornia.com. There is a ton of content going up this week. Um, so I highly recommend you stay tuned because, of course, who would want to read about Cal retaining the axe for the third time in four years? This time back to back. The axe stays in Berkeley. So, yeah, yeah, stay tuned for that once again. And with also with all this Twitter news, too, if you want to subscribe to Rifer California, please do. That gives you access to our private Discord for all our subscribers. Super fun. We're always in there talking football, basketball, um, athletics, pro sports, like anything and everything. It's that Discord has been my joy for like the last month or so. So um, get in there if you're if you want to. You don't have to, but just wanted to plug that just because Twitter seems to look like it's on its way down. But uh, in the meantime, that's it for us on the Golden Bearcast. And as always. Go Bears!
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.